Good morning, Horizon. Glad to have you guys here this morning. And um, this whole place was a was a wedding venue last night. Sierra and Pat got married, and uh, and uh, Rob Douglas. Get, next time you see Rob, give him a high five because he transformed this place back into church uh, after the wedding. So he did. Uh, I don't know how late he stayed here, but. Um, I know it was past midnight because I got a text from him or a call from him at midnight. I was asleep. Uh, but anyway, so uh, we're in a series, um, and these are kind of dim. Can you turn up the dimmer on this? Um, you got it, Luke. You're smart. You got it. Um, there we go. Uh, we're in a series called Hearing God, and, and this series is really important because uh, we're trying to learn how we as disciples of Jesus can hear from the Lord, how we can hear God. And last week, Ryan uh, gave us this quote from Dallas Willard. Dallas Willard is this great philosopher, theologian, Christian thinker. He's been really influential on the church, uh, just recently died. Um, he said, I believe we as disciples of Jesus Christ cannot abandon faith in our ability to hear from God. To abandon this is to abandon the reality of a personal relationship with God and that we must not do. Our hearts and minds, as well as the realities of the Christian tradition, stand against it. And so his whole point is, we can't give up on this notion that we can actually hear from God. And in the movies, they kind of make fun of people who hear from God, right? Ryan touched on this last week. You're hearing voices. What is this? You hear from God. But the, the reality is, the entire Christian life is really founded on hearing the voice of God. Otherwise, and some of you were taught this in church growing up, that, that Christianity is more of this like religion and you agree with a set of principles. And that is not what Christianity is. And I'm sorry if you were taught that growing up, but that is not the gospel and that is not the truth. The reality is this is a relationship with a person named Jesus Christ. In any relationship, there is a two-way dialogue. And so hearing from the Lord is absolutely essential and last week, Ryan did a great job of how we hear from God in Scripture. And this is the foundation, guys. This is where we start. If we want to hear from God, we have to start here. We have to start in the Word. When we read what He's already said, it gives us a sense of, of who God is, His character, His nature, what His voice sounds like, how He talks to people. Like, this is the very foundation, getting into Scripture. And, and so that's where we start. But, and, and Ryan talked about this last week, that Scripture isn't just what God said back then. It's also what He's saying to us today. The Holy Spirit can light scripture on fire in a way that when we read it, it's as if it's speaking directly to us. The word of, the word of God is living and active. This morning, we're going to take the next step in hearing from God and talk about hearing God in prayer. What does it look like to actually have that dialogue with God where we, we actually hear him speak to our hearts? Jesus talks about this in John chapter 10. He says, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. Later, Jesus would go on to say, I'm the gate and I'm also the shepherd. So he says, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He's giving this example of the life of following Jesus is a lot like following a shepherd. That we are the sheep of his pasture and he is our shepherd. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him. Check this out, guys. His sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. 
Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. You know, the Pharisees didn't have ears to hear. So Jesus is talking about shepherds and sheep, and they're like, why are we talking about shepherding? Why are we talking about sheep here? That's not what Jesus was talking about. He was talking about what it is to be a disciple. Later in verse 27, he would say, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. So here's the main point that Jesus was trying to get across. Jesus expects his followers to listen for his voice, know his voice, and follow his voice. As a follower of Jesus, as a disciple of Jesus, we are expected to carve out time to actually listen and expect God to speak to us. We're expected to then hear what he has to say. And then once he tells us, we're expected to obey, to follow his lead. That's what this verse in John 10 is saying. Later in John 14, Jesus says, all this I have spoken. So he's talking to his disciples. He's talking about all that he's taught them. He says, all this I have spoken while still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So he's saying, I'm here teaching you all this face to face. But there's going to be a day that I ascend to the right hand of the Father. And the Father will send the Holy Spirit in my name. And he's going to be the one that takes over this teaching, this discipling that I'm doing. Jesus expects his followers to listen for and learn from the Holy Spirit. Learn from the Holy Spirit. So in order to learn from someone, we have to hear them speaking to us, right? We have to hear the Holy Spirit speaking and teaching us things and reminding us of what Jesus said. Paul kind of talks about this to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 2. He says, the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thought except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. If we're going to really understand what this life of following Jesus is about, we need to hear from the Holy Spirit. And I love, listen, what it's saying is one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to be like the spiritual search engine, right? Like the Google of the spirit realm. And and what the Spirit does is searches the thoughts of God. Isn't that amazing? The Holy Spirit searches the deep things of God and then brings them, the Holy Spirit living in us, brings them right here. And so let's say God has a million thoughts about you, which scripture says that he has more thoughts about you than the grains of sand. So he has a million thoughts about you. What the Holy Spirit does is he goes in, like the Google search engine, he grabs one of them and brings them and plants it right in your heart. And that's what you hear. It's amazing beautiful the holy spirit reveals to us the thoughts and the deep things of god i love that guys there's no way we could know the deep things of god even scripture just is closed to us without the holy spirit it's just a dead book but with the holy spirit it reveals these deep things the heart of god what god thinks about us and then the holy spirit speaks to us dallas willard this is kind of book we're pulling a lot of this from i definitely recommend it it's called hearing god He says this, the phrase still small voice might seem to suggest something weak and marginal, but that is far from the truth. Hearing this divine but small voice is what lies at the heart of a relationship with God. That still small voice language comes out of that passage from Elijah. Do you remember he's on the mountain and and the thunder comes and the lightning comes and God's not in any of that, but he comes in the still small voice? Well, that's how the Holy Spirit speaks to us in that still small voice. And I want you to imagine a person going into a party where it's loud and everyone's talking and laughing. 
But this person is extremely humble, the most humble person you've ever met, and yet extremely powerful, that they have incredible authority, but really humble. So when they walk into that party, which, by the way, is your mind, full of thoughts, going crazy in your head, when the Holy Spirit steps into that environment, very rarely, listen, I've had the Holy Spirit, Spirit do this a couple times where he raises his voice at me, but very rarely will he do it. Most of the time, he's going to talk very softly. So softly that in this party environment inside your head, you could miss it. And he does that intentionally. See, he's, he's not interested in talking over people. He's too humble for that. The Holy Spirit doesn't need to talk over anyone. Have you ever seen a teacher do that? Wes had, a, had an elementary school teacher that me and Missy still marvel at. She talked, like, this is how loud she talked. And we're like, how in a room of 20 kindergartners does anyone hear you? But she carried such authority and love. And all the kids knew the expectations. that She never had to raise her voice. She could speak like this. And every kid in the room heard what she had to say. It was phenomenal. Do you know that's what the Holy Spirit does? Do you know that if you let him, you will talk over him? He will let you talk over him. He will speak so softly to you that if your voice in your own head is loud and chaotic, he'll let you talk over him. That's the nature of the Holy Spirit speaking to us. So don't think because it's a still small voice that it's a weak voice. It's far from weak, but it might be quiet. Willard goes on to say, we may mistakenly think that if God spoke to us, we would automatically know who is speaking without having to learn. But that is simply a mistake. And one of the most harmful mistakes for those trying to hear the voice of God. Guys, listen, we have to practice hearing from God. We have to learn his voice. We're not automatically going to know. And like I said, there's been a few times in my life where the Lord kind of raised his voice at me, and the thought that came shooting through my head was a little bit loud and a little bit authoritative, and I got the message. And honestly, it was because he needed to, right? <laughs> we were in a spot where the Lord needed to raise his voice a little bit at me, and that's okay. He did it lovingly. But most of the time, it's going to be a very gentle whisper. So we need to practice hearing him. So how do we hear God's voice in prayer? Some of you right now are thinking, I don't know if I can hear God and I've never heard God. But let me just dispel that lie right now. If you're a follower of Jesus, here's what I'm going to say. And this might be a bold statement. If you're a follower of Jesus and you have the Holy Spirit in you, you've heard the voice of God. You just didn't know it was him. Every one of you. So if you're sitting there going, I've never heard the voice of God, I'm going to say, nope, you have. You just didn't know it was him. That's the good news. You don't have to be super spiritual. You don't have to have some special gift. You've heard the voice of God. You just didn't know it's him. This book is going to really help you too. If you want to practice hearing the voice of God, I recommend this one. It's called Four Keys to Hearing God's Voice. And Mark Verkler writes in the very beginning, in the intro to this book, this is what he writes. I love this. He says, we're going to make something that has been very hard, very simple. I could not hear God's voice for the first 10 years of my Christian life, and now I have spent 30 years teaching the body of Christ how to do so. It is as simple as quieting yourself down, fixing your eyes on Jesus, tuning to spontaneity, and writing. And all Christians can do it. 
Let me read that again. All Christians can do it. You can do it. Jesus promised, my sheep hear my voice. So you can hear his voice. His voice sounds like spontaneous thoughts that light upon your mind, especially as your heart is fixed on him. He's going to go into more detail in the book, but I'm going to give you a summary of this this morning. The process of hearing from God. He cried out for 10 years to hear the voice of God. He didn't think he was hearing it. And the Lord showed him this passage. Again, this is what's so important about getting into scripture. But the Lord highlighted this passage from Habakkuk, which is a prophet that was hearing from the Lord. And it's in Habakkuk 2. And it basically lays out this, this kind of process. First, sit quietly before the Lord. If you're wanting to hear from the Lord, but you're not willing to carve out some time where your heart and mind are quiet, carve out some time. We got to get quiet. Again, It's like that loud, bustling party, and the Holy Spirit walks in and wants to talk to you. He wants to talk to you. But if you're not willing to listen, to quiet your heart and mind down, then it's going to be hard to hear him. So carve out time in the morning where you're playing worship music or something in the background and you're just listening. Okay? Maybe at night, sometimes, sit quietly before the Lord. And here's another thing that some of you may find peculiar, but ask Jesus, or if you're more comfortable, the Father, the Holy Spirit, ask him questions. Do you know what asking God a question means? It means you expect him to answer. You know, sometimes we pray and we never ask God a question because we're like, that's not how this works. I'm telling you, it is how it works. When we communicate with another individual and we want them to speak, you know what we do? We ask him a question. So that person that has a very soft voice that walked into the party, very gentle, very humble, very soft-spoken, you walk over to him. Are you just going to stare at him and wonder why they're not talking? No, they're not talking. I just, I can't, they don't talk to me. Or are you going to ask them a question and expect them to answer? This comes out of the first part of Habakkuk 2 that says, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. It's this image of a guy that's standing his post, and he's going to be there. He's going to wait. He's ready. He has readied his heart and his mind. That's how we have to be when we're wanting to hear from the Lord. Step three, listen for spontaneous thoughts that come to mind. Look for pictures that spontaneously come to your mind's eye. Some of you think in pictures, and some of you think in words, and the Holy Spirit knows that about you. Some of you, he's going to give pictures. Some of you, he's going to give words, thoughts that sound like your own but are not yours. This is where this comes from in Habakkuk. It says, I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. Isn't it interesting that he says, I will look to see what he will say? I will look to see, and what we expect him to say is, I will look to see what he will show, or I will listen to what he says. But he didn't say that. He goes, I will look to see what he'll say. God speaks in pictures. He speaks in thoughts that are not our own, but that come shooting through our mind. So this is what we're listening for when we quiet ourselves, when we ask the Lord a question. We're listening for a thought that comes to mind that isn't ours. We listen for a picture, we look in our mind's eye. For me, sometimes it's not just a still picture, it's like a scene. Some of you have experienced this before. A scene plays out in your mind, like a movie. It's just a short scene. And maybe you didn't know what it was, but it might have been the Holy Spirit. Now, there's three main sources of thoughts that come to our head. Obviously, our mind is one of those sources, but the other two are the Holy Spirit and the enemy. These are where your thoughts come from. 
Some of you have had awful, evil, lying thoughts, and you thought it was you, and I'm here this morning to tell you, it wasn't even you. Those really awful thoughts you had about yourself, I'm willing to bet 90% of them were the enemy and not you at all. Then you condemned yourself for having those thoughts. Don't you think that's the enemy's plan? I'm going to shoot really awful thoughts into their mind, then I'm going to have them condemn themselves for having those awful thoughts. Unless you recognize it's the enemy lying to you. Then you know not to condemn yourself. You know to say, shut up. I'm not listening to that. In Ephesians 6, it says this, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. The evil one will shoot flaming arrows into your mind, and if they land, they catch other things on fire. What is that? That's a lie. The enemy shoots a lie into your thought, and if you entertain that lie, then that lie spreads. But if you don't entertain that lie, then you put up your shield of faith, and that thing bounces off and falls to the ground. No thank you, enemy. I won't have any of that today. You guys with me? This is how it works. Those are pretty obvious. Guys, there's thoughts that come into your mind that have the accent of the enemy all over it. And they, they're pretty obvious. They're lies, bold-faced lies. The harder distinguishing factor is between your own thoughts and the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, this is kind of what comes from the Lord. In James 3, 7, it says, but the wisdom that comes from heaven... Okay, so when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, this is what it's going to be. It's first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit. Good fruit meaning the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Impartial, even though we want the Holy Spirit to be partial, to favor us, it will be impartial and sincere. So if you have a thought that you're praying, you're focusing on Jesus, you're picturing him, you're focusing on him, you've asked him a question, you want him to answer, and the thought that comes to mind is, oh, that person that you're in a fight with, oh man, they are just the worst, they're awful, I can't stand them, their personality is awful. Does that line up with James 3.17? No. Let me, let me just break it to you. It's not the Holy Spirit. It could be you, it could be the enemy, but it's not the Holy Spirit. And our own minds... Really, we want them to look more and more like Jesus every day. We want our minds to be renewed, and actually, we want to be thinking like Jesus anyway. In other words, what I'm saying is, we want the gap between what the Holy Spirit sounds like and what we think to close. That's what maturity is. Do you see what I'm saying? When you're 90 and you've matured as a Christian a whole, whole lot, right, hopefully by then, that gap should be like this, meaning the thoughts of the Holy Spirit should be very, very similar to your own thoughts. Dallas Willard says, we can, of course, know that the word is from God if it corresponds with the plain statement or meaning of the Bible, right? This is why we need to know scripture. If a thought that comes to mind that's against scripture, we know it's not from God. We can, know all, we can all know at all times, for example, that God directs us not to worship an idol or be covetous. Beyond this, however, the only answer to the question, how do we know whether this is from God, is by experience. So you have to sit and listen in order to learn the voice of God. You don't get a pass, and you don't get to be an expert going into this day one. None of us do. We have to go in and practice and get it wrong sometimes. And that's okay, because we're learning the voice of God. And by experience, you start to pick up, man, that sounds like the Lord. That is Jesus. Man, that has a weightiness to it. That's, that's definitely him. And you start to develop that experience of hearing his voice. Willard goes on to say, 
To say that we learn to recognize the voice of God by experience is not, however, all that we can or must say. Certain factors distinguish the voice of God, just as any human voice can be distinguished from any other. He, he, he gives us three that I think are helpful. Quality, spirit, and content. You can tell the quality of someone's voice, right? Like the accent or the tone of it. The spirit behind it, like is it an anxious voice? Is it an impatient voice? Is it an angry voice? And the content, like what they say. And it's similar with the Lord, except quality is not really like a tone like you would a human voice. The quality of God's voice carries like a weightiness to it. There's an authority to it. There's a power to it. The, the Lord doesn't need a ton of words to get his point across. So when he speaks, there's a bit of a weight to it, and you can kind of tell. And what I have found, actually, is when I feel like the Lord speaks to me, when the Holy Spirit speaks to me, it's often surprising. A lot of times it's something I hadn't thought of. The spirit behind his voice, here's what I've come to learn is his voice. It's often direct and strong, kind and patient, warm and firm. His voice is not an impatient voice. It's not a demanding voice. It's not a condemning voice. I have never once been condemned by the Lord. Not once. Ever. You will never be condemned by the Lord. Never. Ever, ever, ever. So if you hear a condemning voice, guys, this is one reason years ago I did not want to sit quietly and hear the voice of the Lord. I didn't want to do it. Do you know why? Because I was scared of what he would say. It wasn't that I didn't believe he would talk. No, I believed he would talk and that's what scared me. I didn't want to know what he had to think about me because I thought it was just going to be everything I didn't do, everything I did wrong. I thought it was going to be condemnation. I thought it was going to point out all my sin. And I'm here to tell you that is not what's going to happen. In fact, any time I've been challenged by the Lord, it's also been one of the most encouraging words I've ever gotten. They come together when God challenges you. It's love and it's grace and it's challenge and it's more love on top of that. This is the voice of the Lord. The content, obviously, has to be consistent with Scripture. It has to be consistent with God's nature and His character. Some of us have really messed up views of God, and that's why we're scared to hear from Him. We think He's going to come at us and blast us for our sin, and I'm telling you, He's not going to do that. He's going to call the best out of you. His voice will be firm, and it will be strong, but He will see the best in you, and He'll call it out. So here's where we are in the process. We sit quietly. We ask Jesus or the Father, the Holy Spirit questions. We listen for thoughts. We look for pictures. And let me just add this. We do not edit and we do not analyze. <laughs> Some of us, the first thing, like a thought comes to mind, and our very next thing that we do is we analyze it to death. And I mean to death because it will kill it. Imagine, if you will, that humble, strong person walks into that party and just about when they start to speak, they get one sentence out of their mouth. And that person over here, you know that person. Some of you are that person. Cuts them off and says, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 wait. You said this and this and this and this. And what about this? You think they're speaking again? You think they're going to talk again? They're going to be like, whoa. I'll just be over here. We do that to the voice of God. The voice begins to speak to us. The Holy Spirit begins to speak to our hearts. And the first thing our brain wants to do is cut it off and analyze it to death. Don't do that. Please, don't do that. We'll do that later. Don't do that in this moment. Okay? Not yet. 
Put your analytical mind on pause. Listen, writers talk about this. When you're writing, you just write. You edit later. You don't do them simultaneously. You know why? If you try to edit while you're writing, you kill the creative flow, right? Same thing with the Holy Spirit, who's extremely creative. Holy Spirit starts talking to you, and you start analyzing, is this God? I don't know. Da, 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 da. Boom. Silence. Don't do it. Let it flow. Even if it's a little off, you'll analyze it later and determine what was the Lord and what wasn't. Because you're going to write it down. Write down what you hear. This is really important. You hear the Holy Spirit speaking to you, write it down. Journal it. Again, don't edit or analyze or judge it. Unless it's clearly a lie. Unless it's a blatant lie shooting into your mind from the enemy that's obvious. You say no to the lie. But other than that, if you're confused of whether this is you or the Holy Spirit, just let it flow. And write it down. From Habakkuk, it says, Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come, and it will not delay. So you're waiting on the Lord. You've asked him a question. You're waiting for thoughts, spontaneous thoughts. You're waiting for pictures to come to mind. You're patiently waiting. And when they do, you start writing them down. You guys with me so far? Because you're going to do this this week, by the way. This is homework. So get this. And then repeat. So the Lord says something to you in response to your question. You ask him another question. Again, that humble, strong person that walks into a party, they start talking. You do not cut them off. You do not talk over them. You listen to them. And then when they're done talking, you know what you do? You ask a follow-up question because you want them to keep talking. Believe me, you've heard enough of your own thoughts. You want the Holy Spirit to keep talking. So you ask a follow-up. This is called two-way journaling. You write down the question that you ask. You write down how he responded. You write down the next question that, he at, that you ask. You write down how he responded. And you keep going back and forth. This is the dialogue with the Lord that you are invited into, that you get because you are a child of God and the Holy Spirit dwells in you. This is our privilege. This is our inheritance. How amazing is this that we get to talk to the creator of the universe this way? It's a profound privilege. That's not... Let's not sidestep this as if this isn't important. This is really important. Last step, take it to a trusted person to see if what is written seems like it's really from the Lord. This is why you write it down. You take it to a friend that has a bit of discernment, right, that is also practicing hearing from the Lord. And you say, hey, I felt like the Lord said this. Does that sound right? So the Holy Spirit in them is going to be the check and balance to the Holy Spirit in you. And it's going to look at what you wrote and go, man, that sounds like the Lord. Except for that one line right there that says you're an awful, awful, terrible person. Yep, that one isn't the Lord, but the other ones, spot on. John 6, 63 says, the words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking to see if it's the Holy Spirit. Our discernment is looking for, is this spirit and life? Does this bring life? Do these words bring life? So some of you might ask, what if I ask a question and don't hear a response right in that moment? What if no thoughts come to mind? What if it's just elevator music? You know? No pictures come to mind. Here's what Dallas Willard says. When I want to hear from God, I ask him to speak to me. And then as I go through my days, I listen for that voice or the thought that comes from him to help me understand things. It is amazing how often we don't ask for what we need. 
But when we do ask, we expect it and watch for it. I'm often in the midst of something else when the answer comes. So you close your morning time with the Lord, and then you go take a shower. And guess what happens in the shower? You're quiet in the shower, and your mind has a time to, like, take a breath, and suddenly the Spirit begins to speak to you. Or you're in the car on the way to work, and you've quieted yourself there. And so the thing that you couldn't hear in the morning, you suddenly hear in your car on the way to work. The Lord begins to speak to you. And and this practice, this discipline, you start to hear him all day long. You start to hear him speak to you all day long because you get familiar with the voice of God. And he wants to talk. We learn how to quiet ourselves. And eventually, he speaks. We're cultivating a relationship of listening and communication. Guys, this isn't just like, okay, I need to decide what school to go to. I need to decide what job to get. I need to decide if this person is my spouse. Those are good times to talk to the Lord. But if that's the only time you're trying to hear from the Lord, it's like this. Imagine never taking a three-point shot ever. And then somebody throws you the ball to hit the game-winning shot with all the pressure on you. How's that going to go for you? Not, Not well. Imagine you haven't practiced batting since spring training, and here it is. You're in the World Series, and you're up to bat. How's that going to go for you? Not well. See, the deal is we're building a lifestyle of listening to the Lord. So it's happening every day, and then when we run into those tough situations, those big decisions that we have to make, we're already learning his voice. So even when the pressure is on, we can hear from him in those big decisions that we have to make. Does that make sense? Okay, let's practice it. Bill's going to come up here, play a little music. We're going to do this right now. So I want you to ask questions of the Lord. We're going to sit quietly in just a second. If this is brand new to you, here's the question. I'm going to give you the question, okay? If this is brand new to you, I want you to ask, God, how do you see me? I'm going to give you one or two minutes to listen. That's it. If you have some experience with listening to the Lord, this is the question I want you to ask. Father, what lie am I believing about you? And if you're like, this is, you do this all the time, you know the voice of the Lord, this is very familiar to you, then this is the question I want you to ask. Jesus, what are some ways I can be more loving to the people closest to me? So these are the three questions based on those categories. If it's brand new, you ask A. If you're somewhat new to you, but you've done this before, ask B. If you're experienced, ask C. Got it? And I want you to get yourself in a posture right now, the way you're sitting. I want you to posture yourself as if you're going to receive from the Lord right now. Some of you are going to hear from him. It's going to surprise you. (laughs) Come on. We don't have anything to write with necessarily, so you don't have to write it down. You can go home and write it down. I want you to close your eyes. Try to picture Jesus in front of you if you can. Holy Spirit, I invite you just to come now and speak to your children. Jesus, in your word, you promised that your sheep will hear your voice. So we take you up on that promise this morning. And I pray that you would speak now to your children. I'm just going to give you a minute just to listen.
you, Lord. Jesus, we are grateful that you want to speak to us as your children. We're grateful that we can hear your voice. God, we ask that you would train us in this. Holy Spirit, that you would train us to know your voice from all others. You would give us ears to hear, Lord. God, I thank you for speaking to us right now. Now let those things that you said to us sink into our hearts, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, what I want to do next is share. I want you to raise your hand, anyone that's brave and bold. I want you to raise your hand. I want you to tell us what question you asked, and then I want you to say what he said or what you heard him say. First, how many heard something you just weren't sure whether it was the Holy Spirit or your own thoughts? Okay, good. How many saw a picture instead of words? Good, good. It's okay to raise your hand. We're going to raise hands now. We're going to practice. Everyone raise their hand. We just got to get good. Oh my gosh, you can do it. Everyone was like this. Mick was back there like this. Everyone else was like, (laughs) okay. So I need some courageous people to tell me what question you asked and what you heard. Rachel. That's good. That's awesome. So she asked the second question, um, Father, what lie am I believing about you? And it was not believing that he is her protector. Uh, so it's good. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for being the first one. That's good. Did you notice that the questions are like identity questions and relational questions. Guys, these are the foundational questions we ask the Lord. Like, do I take that job comes way after these other questions, right? Of who am I? God, who are you? How do you see me? How do you see this other person? Identity, right? Purpose, trust, relationship. These are the primary questions we need to dialogue with God about. These other things will get a lot easier if we do. Give me somebody else, somebody else. Somebody else that's kind of new to this. Somebody else that asked the first question. Yes, Seraphim. Two words. Wow. That's huge, man. Thanks for sharing that. That's so big. Guys, sometimes we don't even know what we need to hear. You know, we have no idea, but the Lord knows. And we ask him, and we say, God, how do you see me? And, we, and he says something that might surprise us. Hey, you're capable. <sighs> man. If he knows our hearts and he knows that we need to see, we need to hear that. I've had those moments that it just rocks rocks me, and I just sit there for the next 30 minutes weeping, honestly, because it's the one word I needed to hear. Do you know what I mean? And it doesn't matter if my friend said it, because like, family, you're supposed to say it. You know what I mean? Kids, you want something. You know, (laughs) when the Lord says it, this is what I mean by weightiness. There's a weight to it. And when he says something over our life like that, it lands. 
and it carries weight. And guys, I've had words just as simple as that. They're like one word that have carried me through for months, months, hard times, whatever, and I kept coming back. But God, you said, you know, and then you wield that word. And this is my encouragement to you. Wield that word as a weapon because that's mighty. That is the sword of the spirit right there. It is the rhema word of God. And you, you wield it as a weapon because the enemy comes at you and you're like, nah, 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 nah. Capable. Thank you. Goodbye. That's awesome. Anybody else? Anybody? How about picture? Did someone see a picture? Give me a picture. Yeah, Banks. Oh. Oh, wow. Oh, man, that's so good. So if you didn't hear him, he got a picture, and he asked the question, God, how do you see me? He got a picture of not a bird's eye view, but a worm's eye view. So he was down really low, like, honey, I shrunk the kids. Okay, some of you are too young for that one. Um, okay. A worm's eye view of a field, blades of grass, a sun setting, and it wasn't so much the picture, uh, a sun rising, which could be prophetically significant for you, which I can talk to you later. Um, sun rising, which some of these pictures have meaning that like have some layers to it, but the feeling that you got was really more of his word to you. So it wasn't necessarily a thought or even the picture contents itself, but it was the feeling of you seeing that picture of what that picture kind of evoked in you, Right? Of his feeling when he sees you. Is that right? Yeah. That's how God felt about you. Yeah, that's so good, man. That's so good. I love that. Listen, sometimes he's going to speak through pictures. And we need to be ready to, to hear with our eyes, our mind's eye. Right? So you guys ready to do this? This is your homework. I wasn't kidding. This is your homework this week. I want you to try to do this more. Okay, we can post the slides. Let me give you some more questions that you could ask. Lord, how do you see that person I'm struggling with? So first ask how he sees you, and then that person you're in a fight with, that you're sure he sees them as the devil. <laughs> ask him how he sees them. It might surprise you how he sees them, and it might change your heart towards them. Jesus, are there negative patterns in my life that I picked up from my parents? Now listen, this isn't to condemn parents because the next thing after we hear a word from the Lord about, hey, I've picked up this negative pattern from my family growing up, the next words out of our mouth need to be, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for picking up that pattern. And I repent of that and I don't want that in my life anymore. I want to I do my family differently than my parents did maybe. Father, what do you love about my personality? This is going to be the hardest question for some of you. Because some of you have this picture of God that he's always harping on the things you're not doing right. So it's going to be a very vulnerable moment for you to sit and ask the Lord, what does he love about your personality? But you need to hear it. Listen, if asking this question to the Lord feels soul crushing, then you're the one that needs to do it. You need to hear from him about what he loves about your personality. 
God, what am I good at? Some of you, again, instead of asking the what job should I take, you need to take a few steps back and say, God, how have you gifted me? What am I really good at? Like, what, what, where do I shine when I do that thing? Holy Spirit, what do you light on fire every time I do it? And Holy Spirit, when am I most prone to ignore your promptings? And he may show you a picture or a scene or a setting. Hey, tapping you on the shoulders. This is when you tend to ignore me. And that's, that's important, right? Because when we run into that during our day, it might help us go, okay, now's the time to pay attention. How will you begin to listen for God's voice? Worship team, come on up. When will you set aside time to hear from him? This week, what I want you to do is set aside some specific time to hear from him. I want you to quiet yourself, ask him some questions, listen to the thoughts that come to mind, listen for pictures that come to mind, and then journal, write it down, okay? And then for some of you that are super brave, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to our website, and there's this new link on our website. Underneath the Get Involved section, there's a Share button, and I want you to click on the Share button, and it'll send you to this page right here. And this is a chance for you to share what God spoke to you, just like we just did right here. And what I want you to write in this box besides your name and email address, right here, I want you to write the question that you asked the Lord, and I want you to write his response. So first you journal it, and then you come to our website, click on the share button, and I want you to share that if you feel comfortable. Now listen, down here, this is the whole like, would you be willing to share it on Sunday? And you can click no, and no one has to read it. You can be anonymous. You can be totally anonymous. But the point is, I want you to have a venue to share it, and I want to have some stories that we can come back with next week, okay? Some stories of you listening to the Lord, him actually speaking to you, and then you sharing it right here. Does that make sense? All right, that is your homework. You have been assigned homework officially. All right, write it down. (laughs) And if you have any questions, you can text into my phone. Let's pray. God, I'm so grateful that you want to speak to us. It's such an honor. It's such a privilege that we, as small as we are, would get to talk to and hear from the creator of the universe, that you care that much about us, that you've numbered the hairs on our head, that you know us so intimately, that you know everything about us, and that you want to speak to us. God, what a privilege. Father, I ask that you would discipline our hearts and our minds, discipline our ears to hear, that we would carve out time, that we would still our mind and our heart, that we would posture ourselves to hear from you, that we would really hear from you. God, we want to be a people that has a real relationship with you, not just a set of principles that we agree with. We want a dynamic, two-way relationship with you. I pray for every person in here, Lord, that you would open our ears, that we would be people that hear. In Jesus' name.